I believe there are two ways to look at your career. One is like it's a minefield, filled with devices put there by others, expectations, constraints, bias, pressure, glass ceilings, glass cliffs. Or the other is that it's a playing field and you can master the game with tools, mindset, support, communities, and a powerful stance that helps you own your story, take your place, and step into your power. While the former certainly is rooted in a lot of systemic realities, this podcast, it's about the latter. This podcast is about us, as women, doing our thing to make our career our very own playing field. Welcome to Speaking with Women. I'm your host, Vivishi Haile. I'm a serial entrepreneur and the mom of one, a third culture kid, a career and personal branding advisor, and I am pretty obsessed with helping women step into their professional power. So I invite you to join me and let's step into our power together. I do think when you are an underrepresented population in an industry, you feel that additional scrutiny on yourself. And so true or not, you expect that any misstep by you is going to be amplified into a misstep by the whole community, the whole population you represent. I've just made women look stupid. This episode is part of the 2020 virtual coffee tour. You'll hear me speak with Sandy. For some reason, the first episodes I'm releasing seem to be featuring women in STEM. Sandy is a director in information security. She's based in the U.S. and she's been in this technical field for quite a while. Do you remember Julie's story in episode one? Well, Sandy's answer when I asked her for a story about gender in the workplace was strangely familiar. I can't claim this happens to me, but to somebody that I worked with, and so this is another woman in cybersecurity field, was at a technical conference, uh, and she was part of the vendors who were exhibiting there to help the attendees find technical solutions to problems. Um, so she's at the booth in the uh, exhibit area, and someone asked, her, well, could I speak to one of the guys who works here? Thinking that she was a booth babe mm-hmm. and not, you know, not someone who was educated in computer and engineering and the technical aspects and could probably discuss it better than any of the other people that were there with the company. Sandy, may I ask how long ago this is? I'm trying to get a sense when I hear the stories of like, how current are we? Mm. That's probably seven years ago. Right. So it's pretty recent. It's it's fairly recent and it's I mean, it's a known challenge at technical conferences that there is a lot of bad behavior that they need to make up for. You know, particularly for IT cybersecurity conferences, hacker conferences. Um, if you were a woman, you know, first of all, there were maybe 10%. Mm-hmm. in the industry who were women, if even, but then even a lesser percentage are going to show up at conferences because you don't want to be hit on, you don't want to be disparaged, you want to be able to just enjoy the conference and get information out of it without being harassed. Booth babe. I'm just going to let that sit there for a minute. I think the story doesn't need any commenting from me. Let's move on to the three things that Sandy feels are holding women back in their careers. First and foremost, themselves. And with that, I just mean how they think about themselves, how they underestimate themselves, how they have this 
sense of humility that has probably been ingrained in them since childhood so that they are less apt to take ownership of their achievements and recognize them for what they are. Second one is not comfortable leveraging your network, feeling that you're imposing on somebody. Oh, why would they give me the time? I'm just going to bother them. I'm going to be a nuisance. And the third one, not being ready to seize an opportunity, either taking too much time that it's gone past or talking yourself out of it. You know, see item number one above undervaluing yourself. A hundred percent. That's exactly the the math I was doing. I was like, yep, that's totally connected to the (laughs) one. (laughs) And I really find it interesting how you frame it as in talking yourself out of it, right? Because there is an instinct initial that's like, and then you backtrack. You sort of do the moonwalk away from it. Right. The fear of failure, which, you know, everybody has a fear of failure to some extent. But I, I do think when you are an underrepresented population in an industry, you feel that additional scrutiny on yourself. And so true or not, you expect that any misstep by you is going to be amplified into a misstep by the whole community, the whole whole population you represent. I've just made women look stupid. You're like, no, (laughs) one person cannot do that. Absolutely. Not only can one person not do that, but also if you fact check whether you are actually making women look stupid, you'll realize that in the audience, that question you asked, or that that wondering that you had, they're probably like 80% of people in there who are also wondering the same thing and keeping quiet. It, it, absolutely. Or if Jack next to you had asked that same question. What an insightful question, Jack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. or, or if someone says to him, Jack, we just covered that, that's going to be the end of it. You know, people are not walking out of that meeting thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe Jack's did that and remembering it a week later. You know, the the memory for these things is nowhere near the duration that we have ourselves to beat ourselves up again and again for something no one else is remembering. That's one of the things that I've had this conversation with so many women and I started to be a bit blunt about it. I'm like, you know, you are literally the only one who thinks about yourself 100% of the time. (laughs) Other people, when you're not around, they've forgotten about you. So there's a lot you can get away with because they will forget it when you move out of the room. Good point. And also that um, kind of projecting or mind reading (laughs) when someone's looking at their phone often during a a meeting or if you're presenting at a conference, you immediately jump to, oh my gosh, I am so boring. I can't hold their attention. And you don't know they may have a family member in the hospital and they're waiting for an update. You know, that you just, you have no idea what's going on in someone's personal life. I'd like to take a minute to unpack what Sandy and I talked about. The key theme that's emerging from what she shared with us is really this idea of missed opportunities. Missed opportunities to be an advocate for yourself. Missed opportunities to ask for help. Missed opportunities to actually seize one. I don't know if you've seen that you know, maybe it's not so funny. It's a meme on social media. I'll put a link in the show notes. It shows men and women at the starting block of a race. In front of the men, there's a wide empty space where they can just fly. And in front of the women, there's a ton of obstacles, laundry, ironing, cleaning, etc. Now, I'll admit it's not the most subtle of cartoons, but it does tell a story. 
The story of the obstacles in front of us as we navigate our careers. And in this particular conversation, these are obstacles that are somewhat self-imposed and that could benefit greatly from being brought to our awareness. The idea is not to beat ourselves up over it, but to actually observe ourselves and gently nudge in another direction. Ask questions. Can I be more vocal about my role in the success of this project? Can I reach out to someone in my network and ask for an introduction or for some information? What is the actual risk that I'm taking if I say yes to this opportunity? Okay, let's continue listening to Sandy. Here's what she had to share about showing up more confidently in our careers. Back to the last question. Network, your connections. Talk to someone else and not just other women. Talk to other men to see what are their perceptions. To just get a reality check that you got this. We have confidence in you. So definitely that is one for showing up. Understand. So I see this a lot in IT. It's not only the technical skills that are important to get you ahead. Kind of own the other, whatever the other skills are. We tend to compare ourselves to the experts in different areas and look for really those technical hard skills as opposed to I'm a good communicator, I'm a good collaborator, I'm a good negotiator, I'm, I'm good at understanding the business need for this thing. And being a well-rounded individual who understands your organization is so valuable. But we all tend to double down, especially in technical areas STEM. We tend to double down in the hard technical knowledge when we Mm -hmm. feel that we're lacking, we go take more courses. And perhaps we haven't learned to value traditionally these kind of Mm -hmm. skills, but in so many of the industries right now, they are actively being sought. You know, I, I hate to say as jobs are getting more automated, machine learning is coming in, you know, anything that's repetitive, transaction rule based can be automated. It's kind of these higher functions of judgment and interpersonal that right now are not going to be automated. And people are downplaying the value of those skills. And they're not typically in any of the certification courses that you take. That's a really good point. No one has brought that up yet. And especially in the perspective of the future of work, because that's very true. And interestingly enough, those are skills that women have developed a lot just because of not necessarily because they're women, but because historically that was the type of interactions that were considered more feminine or that we had a tendency to lean towards more. So those are skills that now have a lot of value in the workplace. Yeah. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yes, because of the roles that we had been playing historically in our social pigeonholes. I would say for a third one to show up better, realize the strength of diversity. You know, okay, so you may have different ideas than everybody else on the team, but that's a good thing. You know, perhaps you will keep them from striking the iceberg. Perhaps you will have AC and DC electric currents. You know, it doesn't have to be just one thing, or perhaps you'll be able to reach a new market with this product that nobody had considered how this would appeal to them, whatever the case is. You know, it's not just women versus men and gender, but it's all of our educational backgrounds, our social experiences, everything. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Are you a thinker or a feeler? 
You know, we, we need the diversity in all of that to solve problems better. We need the diversity in order to solve problems better. These words, they resonate so much. You know, I'm trained in design thinking. Design thinking is a creativity method, and it's used to help design better products and services by leveraging empathy for the user and also the diversity of the team working on the problem. I remember being really struck by one of the concepts when I was being trained. It's not a new concept, but it's this idea that the reason there are no bad ideas is that we never have the solution to a problem the first time we come up with something. We have raw material to build on. So idea number one gets picked up, a piece is added by a person, then it becomes idea number two, it's picked up, a piece is added by another person, and all the way to having something absolutely brilliant that would never have happened without the diversity of life experiences, backgrounds, education, personalities, etc. I say this because... As Sandy talks about, understanding the strength of diversity allows you to show up as your full self because you know and you trust that your contribution will help build on what is being collectively created. There's something else that Sandy touches on that I want to chat about for a minute. That reflex that we have to get another degree, another certification, before we feel we're fully ready to show up. If you know me, you know that I call that procrastination. I say this with love to you and to myself, but it is procrastination and it has a detrimental impact on our careers. I don't even let myself entertain the thought of getting another degree or another certification, especially if I'm starting out in a field. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not in a technical field. And sometimes, yes, you do need that, I don't know, Microsoft or other very specific certification. But most of the time, I invite you to look at that reflex of getting another something, degree, years of experience. Look at that with empathy, but also a little bit of suspicion. And ask yourself, is this serving your growth or is it feeding your fear? Okay. Thank you for listening to this episode of Speaking with Women. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss episodes. Right now, the focus is on this wonderful series that is the 2020 Virtual Coffee Tour. But there's a lot of fun stuff coming up, all about subjects that allow us as professional women to own our story, take our place and step into our power. <laughs>